Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie Omero, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So this is our last show before the holidays. We're off next week. I, we just take one week off. Yeah, we... I, Polling doesn't take a holiday typically, but there's but polling does take a holiday when people take a holiday and it's hard to get them on the phone. <laughs> so yeah. I actually think we at Echelon are in the field tonight for something. Yes, um, but that, that's that's kind of it. That's that's the cutoff. You definitely don't want to field over the weekend. Weekend fielding is dicey. Anyways, somebody but, will uh, field something, but we would not recommend it for clients. But people for news outlets are like, we just want some, we want to know what people are thinking right now, wherever they are, even if they're not at home, we're just desperate to know where people are because news is happening. They may still be doing some polls. And you can wedge a poll in between Christmas and New Year's. Yes. If you're real, if you're real bold and you just got a hunger for research, it, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> cannot wait. I mean, it's just a, right. I mean, these are the conversations you have with clients, right? And for a client, if you're trying to help figure out what to do in March and April, May and so on, you might just say, just wait till January. Like it just, you don't want to poll right now and have some kind of, weirdness because people are away. But if you are a news outlet and you're just going to release it for the next day or two and then it's going to be, you know, shelved until the next wave of polling, then maybe you might go for it. So there may actually be polling, but the pollsters are taking a holiday as of tomorrow. So this is our last show for a week. I guess our last show of the year and then we'll be back in the beginning of January. But it doesn't mean there's any shortage of stuff to talk about this week. What are the top lines, Kristen? Because I'm the tax man. Yeah. The tax man. This is a song that uh, we're only going to play like six seconds of because I'm terrified that we're going to get the bejesus suit out of us. So I hope you enjoyed that 10 seconds from <laughs> the Beatles. Uh, yes, the tax man. The tax man cometh. Uh, but if he cometh, he probably won't be taking as much, depending on what state you live in and whether or not you itemize and a whole variety of other things. But especially if you're. Uh, an American corporation. You're probably very happy right now. Uh, we will dive into whether voters are happy with the tax bill that Republicans just passed. And I went on a YOLO rant. And Margie's got a YOLO <laughs> rant. Margie takes someone on Twitter and drags them, and we are going to discuss. Uh, then it's the time of year for harmony, but do people think that we have harmony these days? We'll talk about some polling on race relations, uh, and the word of the year is chaos, maybe not peace and harmony like we might hope. Then mm -hmm. is there a wave a coming? We will look at some gnarly house generic ballot polling that is just it is grim tidings for <laughs> for Republicans. Are you busting out some like surf surf words? <laughs> uh, yes, they because the, the big wave it was, yeah, it was no, like I bad. I, I I mean I've I've been trying to drift off of some Ariel Edwards Levy, uh, that's good pun magic lately. Uh, and then finally, 
Your favorite card game may be getting into the polling biz. Oh my god, that's just like <laughs> this is going to be insane slash ridiculous slash amazing. <laughs> I Stick around to the end of the show to find out what the heck we're talking about. It is worth it. Yes. So first, never, instead of our poll of the week, we're just going to go right into the, like the big thing that happened, you know, multiple times over the last few days, and that's the big tax bill that made it out of Congress. We're recording now on, I guess it hasn't been signed yet, right? So we're, we're recording on, what day is it today? Wednesday. So it hasn't been signed, but it's passed. It had a couple hiccups, but it's been passed by both chambers. And there's been a lot of polling. We haven't talked about it every week because, I, you know, the polling has been fairly consistent. There haven't been, you know, while the tax debate has been tumultuous um, and heated and partisan and and so on the polling has been fairly consistent it's also you know there it's tough to get a nuanced picture of a bill where not a lot of detail has been made public and people have a harder time kind of grabbing some of the details but however you asked and, and ariel edwards levy our favorite punster and crib sheet maker does these tables whenever there's an issue that lots of outlets ask something similar about she she does a table of the question wording and and how people shake out and she did this about the tax plan and she put everybody's like favor or pose support or pose however you tested it and they all show a pose aside from morning consult politico they all show that people oppose the tax plan and all of the questions all of the the pollsters besides morning consult tend to find a fairly consistent result, even though the wording of their questions is very different. So Gallup asks a question that talks about uh, among people who say that they have been in any way, shape or form following the tax bill debate, they say, from what you've heard or read, would you say you approve or disapprove of the proposed changes to the tax code? So it doesn't mention a party name. And there you get minus 27. Again, this is among people who have been following the debate at all, it seems. Uh, Quinnipiac just asks, do you approve or disapprove of the Republican tax plan? So it gives the party name, but it doesn't give any other information. Is it a cut? Is it a reform? It just says Republican tax plan. There you also see only 29% support. Um, Economist YouGov talks about, from what you know about it now, do you support or oppose the Republican tax plan being debated in Congress? So kind of similar to the Quinnipiac one, it just also mentions the word Congress. 31% support. So these are all high 20s, low 30s, kind of no matter how you cut it, whether, and in most of these questions, they actually do include the word Republican. Um, Monmouth, it does not look like they do. They say, have you heard that the Senate and House have passed tax reform bills and are now working on a final version? Um, and if I guess if you've heard, do you approve or disapprove of this tax reform plan? They find 26% support. So it doesn't say Republican in it. Um but it is fascinating to me that so many outlets ask this in such different ways, and there's almost uniform results except the morning consult one. Now, look, and the I morning consult one says it makes widespread changes to the plan, well, to the tax code. It makes widespread changes to the U.S. tax, tax system. system, which I thought would – I thought, well, maybe it's because people just like the idea of changes to widespread the tax changes. system yes. because nobody likes doing their taxes. Um, but the Gallup question talks about it as proposed changes, uh, make major changes to the federal tax code for individuals and business. So it's not exactly the same language as widespread changes, but it just frames it as major changes for individuals and businesses. And so 
I, I was where you were. I thought, oh, well, maybe that's why the morning consult one is so much more positive. But the Gallup wording also, um, you know, frames it as like, this is big change to the tax code. Right. But the result is not as good. So I, I do not know why the morning consult one is so different. I don't know either. Um, and he, I think, you know, well, look, there's always going to be some place where, you know, there's a divergent poll. I don't know if it's the sampling. I don't know if it's the, I mean, cause it's not the only online of this group. Cause that's, so it's not, it's likely not the methodology and morning consult. Obviously these outlets all use similar methodology all the time. So it's not like morning consults always in a different place. So I don't really know the answer to it. I'm not sure that, that they clearly say we think it's because of X, but Y, this and inspired Z. a, uh, you got into a Twitter tip. I got into a Twitter the- tip. And usually I don't get into Twitter fights. You know, I just feel, and it's, a couple things. Like one, it's not really my best self, you know, that's just not. We're it's, never our best selves on Twitter. Uh, you know, I mean, s- some people enjoy the f- the fighting kind of thing and, and the point scoring. And it's not that, that I don't have a part of my personality that likes that. I just don't feel that like that's good for me to kind of drag out and, and devote more time to it. And also, you know, I got other things that really I should be doing more. They're more important, whether it's work or family, they're more important than fighting with people I don't really know well on Twitter. That just seems like if you had to prioritize life things, that would be pretty low. So that said, I got a little mad because I saw a Republican pollster, John McLaughlin, who is who McLaughlin you- or McLaughlin. Anyway, he is... um Eric, he was Eric Cantor's pollster. Who you may have recall from last week, I likened to Drew Barrymore's character from Scream getting uh, surprisingly defeated. And then the final poll that his campaign did, he was shown to be way, way, way up. Yes. So that's just a callback to last week, apropos of nothing. Yes. So anyway, he, and here's the thing, it's not the first time that I've been sort of like wanted to get into a thing with him, but... But it was the first time I actually did because he was complaining about how the polling was biased because of the party breakdown, which I've seen bounce around in the press uh, like a few weeks ago, a few months ago. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Like I wanted to bring it up and then we didn't or I didn't. And there were a couple articles. We might have gotten a Twitter comment about it. I think I responded to on the pollsters Twitter feed like, well, aren't you having, you know, don't these polls have like 50% more Democrats than Republicans because they're all biased? And I'm like, where did this f- f- bit of news come from? And it, uh, it, he has, this pollster has bounced around and pushed out, helped push out this narrative that the party breakout in a lot of public polling is biased because it shows that there are a lot more Democrats and Republicans, even though every outlet, including Gallup and others, have shown a widening gap between Republican and Democratic ID for the reasons that should be obvious. You have a historically unpopular president. You have nose-holding Republicans. You have, you know, a completely divided government and, you know, people saying that chaos best describes how they feel about 2017. We'll get to that later. I mean, there, there are a lot of easier explanations for why there's a wider gap between R's and D's than like this systematic, uh, skewing of party ID across every single polling outlet, except for Rasmussen, which was what his. And know, remember articles. in the 2016 election, the national polls got it. Right. Right. <laughs> People forget that and they're like, but the polls are all wrong. And like, I, 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 I hate having to always be in this position where I'm like, actually, dot, dot, dot. 
the polls were fine. You're dumb. Like, I don't like being in that position, but when people insist on, oh, the polls are all skewed because they're sampling too many Democrats, just simply saying, but there are more Democrats. Right. But then people are like, well, the reason you know there are more Democrats is from polls, which could be skewed. Well, no, it's also from if you look at voter fi- – I mean, you yeah. can <laughs> – it's not just from polls. It's looking at like actual voter registration and, information. And whatever. You know, and there's like national polls that show this trend. There's national polls from a variety of outlets. If you look at congressional races and Senate races, I mean, it, you know, there's also the you can, people are indicating what their internal polls are telling you. And you know how we know that? Because you have Republicans retiring all over the country and you have Democrats like five, six candidates deep in every congressional race. Um, so, you know, they're doing, and they're not doing that based on a morning console Politico poll. No offense, guys. It, we find it very useful. It's, they're doing it based on their own internal polling of what's going on in their congressional district. So it's not just like this poll is, you know, one poll's bias. And so everybody, you know, we're all, you know, headed in the wrong direction. You know, everybody is showing that Democrats have the advantage right now because the president is just like, it, like historically unpopular and widely reviled. I mean, that's the easiest explanation here. Yeah. And look, if you want to hire a pollster, that will give you happy talk and tell you that you are fine and that a wave is not coming for you, then you're going to be the next one that gets got when the serial killer comes coming, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Well, then in this other point, and so I find that like, one, I find that just like really bad for the industry, for people to like sow the seeds of mistrust of like all polling and media polling and everything else. Not that we shouldn't be skeptical, but like just saying that there's just some systemic deliberate bias is is wrong and doesn't make any sense. And then the second piece is, you know, the polls should have asked, do you favor or oppose Trump's plan to create jobs and improve the economy? And, you know, that's not an impartial question about the tax plan. Like, you can, you know, you can offer another list for this table that Ariel's put together. You can offer uh, something else. You can, you know, talk about how, well, when you look at the, you know, behind the scenes or you look at the different proposals, you see a different story. Or it doesn't matter what the favor or pose of the tax plan is now because five years from now is going to be wonderful and everyone's going to really love it. You can make those arguments. I would disagree with them, but you can make those arguments. But to say that, like, every poll is wrong because they say, do you favor or oppose the Republican tax plan and not do you favor or oppose Trump's plan for awesomeness? You know, that's not an impartial view toward how we should be asking these questions. And so you're getting you're letting your advocacy, your desire for advocacy get in the way of trying to construct something impartial. And I don't really like go fly off the handle for against folks in the industry and maybe I should cut all of this, but <laughs> like, no, no I just this feel, is what people want. Margie. I just feel like it's, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort to come up with an impartial question and, you know, some, and it's okay to want to, you know, reframe how people think about the polling around an issue, you know, that said, if you want to believe people to believe that, everything is fine, that's not doing anyone a, a, a service. That's not doing the industry a service. That's not doing, you know, your own credibility a service. That's not doing the industry or the clients a service or Republic or the Republican Party for that matter. And if you want to test, so in this particular case, what was the the, the question the in the question being submitted as evidence that like on the tax plan, 
all of these polls showing that the tax plan's unpopular are all wrong because, look, I've got this poll that says, do you support or oppose the president's tax plan, which will create jobs and grow the economy? And it was like 67% support. And your point is, but that's like a message. Right. That's not... I actually think it'd be a very interesting question. The president has a tax. The president and Republicans in Congress are putting forward a tax bill. They say it'll do this. Some say it will create jobs and grow the economy. Other people say it will will not. Mostly give cuts to the wealthy and and blow a hole in the the deficit. deficit, Right. Whatever. Hearing these two sides of the argument, who do you agree with more? That's an interesting question. Totally. But in the same way that if I asked a question, it was like, do you support this tax plan that will blow a hole in the deficit and give mostly cuts to the rich? Like people be like, that's a garbage question. Because it would be a garbage question (laughs) in the same way that it's not useful to know that, like, people love a tax plan that is going to create. And look, if the tax plan does create jobs and grow the economy, then we're probably going to see these generic ballot numbers get better. We're probably going to see Republicans looking better on this who can handle taxes better question. That's not where we're at right now. Mm. And so better to assess the current reality that we're in than hypothesize about a future fantasy land we might end up in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 when you go in and do a briefing with your client, you know, it's it, it goes a lot better if you have happy news than if you have tough news. For sure. <laughs> I, I get it, you know, and it's, you know, it's hard to know how, what to say about your own party if things aren't going so well publicly. I get all that too. But to just, you know, make people think that the polling is all wrong and instead it should be, you know, it should say this other thing that is completely like completely at odds with all the facts – I just don't think that's doing anyone, um, doing anyone any favors. So, okay. So that's, that's basically, do we have anything else to add on taxes? I mean. No. Oh, so the only other thing that I thought was interesting was Morning Consult also tested the pieces of the plan because the plan itself, there's a lot going on there. There's some stuff that people really do like. There's some stuff that people really don't like. And so when you ask someone, do you like the plan? It's useful because you want to know. Most voters are not digging into the details quite this deep, but to the extent that people do or don't like the plan, it's good to know why. And so Morning Consult finds that cutting the top rate and cutting the estate tax are the least popular components of the bill. Surprise, surprise. The most popular component is the one that near, that doubles the standard deduction from um, $12,700 to $24,000. 71% say, yes, this should be in the bill. Um, and people uh, the the this is the only piece of the bill that i was like this is hard to ask uh it, it's the stuff yeah. about state and local taxes they find that 66% of people say yes this the state and local tax stuff should be in the bill and i just use the phrase stuff to describe like a very complicated question so it frames it here as uh Continuing to allow individuals to deduct the state income taxes from their federal taxable income and also allowing for individuals to deduct state and local property taxes up to 10000 I wonder how many people don't realize in what direction that's a change from the status quo. Mm. That, that's my only like – that sounds like, oh, that's a, a cut and another cut. And in reality, that's – it's not that's part of what's driving this to be not a cut for some people so the fact that that wound up being among the most popular things i thought uh, i wonder if it's because it's it's worded it's not like it's worded in a bad way but it just requires the person taking the survey to know what the current status of deductibility of property taxes is which 
Uh, unless you're an accountant, you might not be. <laughs> right. And if you are not preparing your taxes yourself, you might have a different view on this, even irrespective of whether or not of your own socioeconomic status. Um, yes. I, I mean, these questions are interesting. They certainly get in the weeds, but they are, you know, they're dense. Like they are dense. No wonder you see people talking about the process, you know, or the values or what it means for Trump or what it means for specific senators, because those are stories that it's a little bit easier for people to kind of get their heads around than some of these, you know, specific questions, which, are, you know, is a, valuable tool to look at public opinion, but not necessarily how people are processing how they feel about the tax bill. Mm -hmm. The the other thing that is, a t I think, at least a temporary red flag for Republicans is that normally there's this question pollsters ask, who do you trust more to handle the issue of X, Y, or Z? And you know, do you approve or disapprove of the job President Trump is doing on issue X? And Republicans have tended to, you know, on questions like taxes, that tends to be a good thing for Republicans. Like we do badly on who do you trust more to handle education? Right. We do badly on who do you trust more to handle getting people out of poverty? We, right. you know, so there are like things that we Republicans never do well on. But taxes is usually one of those questions that, that Republicans do pretty well on. And that advantage has gone away um, when you ask people, uh, do you approve or disapprove of the job President Trump is doing on taxes? According to Quinnipiac, uh, it's 35 percent approve, 58 percent disapprove, which is about where they have his regular job approval. So it's there's yeah. no advantage on this issue, which he normally enjoys. So, you know, to go back to our earlier question, our, the Ariel Edwards-Levy table shows that there, like most of these questions, as you said, ask about the Republican tax plan or the Republican and Republicans in Congress tax plan. They don't really call it the Trump tax plan. Mm -hmm. John McLaughlin you know, said Trump's plan to do X, Y, and Z. I'm not sure that calling it Trump's tax plan improves the results. You might gain some Republicans, but you might lose some independents. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that would play out. But Trump's job approval right now, 37.6%. Mr. 37%. Mr. 37%. Uh, I mean, you know, at this rate, he should just go like 35 or 30 just to kind of make it, make our little nickname a little catchier because thirty seven percent is a little bit of a mouthful. Yep, uh, I mean, I, I, it's, it's. I've just quit trying to make fat thing. <laughs> I think, um, and but just, and this is skipping ahead in the show a little bit. But the generic ballot right now, five thirty eight advantage or five thirty eight average, Republicans thirty seven percent tracks right exactly with Trump's job approval. Funny that. Funny huh, that. Weird. Um, so weird. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that would happen? Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. Um, look, I mean, 
there are a lot of red flags. It's not just the unpopular tax bill, which, you know, is seen as a bright, shining victory for Republicans, but the, but it's also unpopular. It's all these other numbers. The Quinnipiac poll said, you know, like these numbers are terrible. It's not just his approval rating. I mean, people don't, you know, most people, a majority feel that he's not honest. A majority feel he doesn't have good leadership skills. A majority feel he doesn't care about average Americans. 70% feel he's not level-headed. 57% say he's strong. I even, you know, I guess that's, he's got sort of that coming, you know, going for him. 52% feel that he's intelligent. I mean, that's just barely half. 65% feel he doesn't share their values. I mean, those numbers, I mean, they are terrible. I'm sorry. They are just absolutely terrible. But he became president with numbers like Ugh, that. They are just the worst. That's, I mean, they haven't got any better. New. I mean, I think there were people who thought that they would get better. And that's what Emily Guskin's thing in the post where she went back and talked to some people. And there are people who are Republicans and people who voted for him. They're like, I thought, you know, things would get better. But everything I worried about is happening. Um, even if people wanted him to be kind of given some space, they still felt like, well, I don't know why, you know, he's he's doing – he should be – why is he, he – couldn't he be more silent? Um, Have he, we had any crazy tweets this week? I mean, I feel like maybe there hasn't been quite like are we are we seeing the pivot? Mm. Maybe the pivot is low key happening, Margie. No, I feel <laughs> as soon as I said that, we're gonna end this no. show, and there's gonna be some like I, I feel like tweet. we're gonna get a tweet like "You fools, don't you remember this?" You know, the he I know X Y and Z. But keep us honest, listeners. It's okay. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think so. Right. But like the race relation numbers. I mean, obviously, this is a huge part of it. People feel. I, I mean, sixty percent. This is just makes me so sad. Ugh, sixty percent of people now, more than a year ago, feel that Trump has made race relations worse. Sixty percent. And that, that is worse than it was in the campaign. In the yeah. campaign, it was 46%. Yeah. At the end, at the, after the election. And guess what? Now, a growing number saying too little attention is being paid to race. 44% say that now compared to 32% say too much. In May of 2016, those numbers were even. I mean, these, these Trump numbers are on race well, are just terrible. And even Republicans will sort of acknowledge that this is not this is not his strong suit, right? So on the question in dis so this is Pew's December 2017 survey. Do you think that Trump has made re race relations in the U.S. better, worse, or no difference? Among Republicans and Republican leaners, a quarter say he's made um, race relations better. Uh, but you've got most that say he's made no difference, and you've got 17% that say worse. Um, oh, no, pardon me. I've, I've got that flipped around. 25% that say worse, only 17% that say better. So more think he's hurt things than have helped things. Right. Like, there's not like some Republican consensus that Trump is actually winning on this issue. Right. It, unfortunately, it's the issue that he spends like a huge amount of time talking about and poking at. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, so it's no wonder then to go back to what we were talking before, the generic, I mean, the 538 does a, you know, an aggregate or an average of the, um, of the generic, and it's 49% Democrat, 37% Republican. I mean, you have a lot of double-digit Democratic advantage numbers coming out from the last few polls um, from all kinds of, you know, from all the outlets, POS, NBC, Wall Street Journal, Quinnipiac, Ipsos. There are going to be some new numbers coming out in the next, you know, day or two if they're not already out, um, you know, in and, some congressional races. That and will, some of these, one of these is from Public Opinion Strategies, which is a Republican pollster. Yes. 
Neil Newhouse and gang. Um, yeah, I mean, these numbers are not good. And you can see, again, like, Democrats are up to their eyeballs in primaries in races that, you know, you would have, you would have had to go, you know, like really, really working hard to recruit people in different kinds of years. This year you have, you know, a huge number of people running in all kinds of races because they're seeing, you know, these numbers and saying, this is, you know, Hey, this seems like a good time. Why not me? So I did had to do two research things this week that took me down like the rabbit hole of what public opinion has looked like during past cycles. So one, I was writing my column for the examiner on whether or not the tax bill will be Republican Obamacare. And that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. There were Democrats who say, no, like, how dare you liken this to Obamacare because Obamacare helps people and this thing's going to hurt people. And I'm talking about the politics of it, the politics of the issue, because there are so many like some of the like just eerie atmospheric similarities, right? Like there's a senator who is a senior prominent member of their party who can't participate in the vote because of brain cancer. And you have a special election in a very deeply one party state that goes to the other party. Like it's just all these weird Mm. little like eerie things. But also the idea that you're passing a bill that is not popular and that you know might cost you some seats, but like, let's do it and be legends and like, let's get this in place because we think it's good policy. I think policy. that's what the people who plan the fire that festival That is exactly <laughs> what the people who plan the fire. And I almost included that line in the column and I chickened out at the last minute, but here's the podcast where we go YOLO. Let's do it and be legends. Uh, you know, and so for Democrats, yeah, they got 2010 election wasn't great, but Obamacare is still the law of the land, right? Republicans have taken power and they can't even get rid of it even though they claim they want to try. So I posed a poll on Twitter two weeks ago after we taped this show because I posed this question to Margie and I wanted to see what people thought. If you could trade, you give up the Affordable Care Act and in exchange, Democrats don't lose the House in 2010 and you don't get a President Trump, what do you pick? And it was really split. It was like very neck and neck, which was in the debate in the comments was really interesting. So anyhow, my column was all about is this – are Republicans in the same spot? But part of the answer is no, because when the Democrats passed Obamacare, they were actually in pretty decent shape on the generic ballot. And Republicans are already like in the middle of a burning building, which lends itself a little more to the like fire festival metaphor, right? Like let's do it and be legends because like there's, this is going to be, this is going to be ugly unless we do something big and bold and drastic. And so like, Screw it. Let's let's do this thing. Um, so anyhow, that was that was my column. No, that's was good. All, all about the the similarities and differences. But the yeah. second thing I found was Gallup has asked this question going back many 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 years. One, they ask, "What's the most important issue to you?" But then two, they say, "Okay, whatever that issue was that you just told us, which party do you trust more on that issue?" And this question is shockingly predictive of how midter- how all elections will go. So in twenty sixteen. The Republican Party was up by four on that question. In 2014, the Republican Party was up by four on that question. In 2012, Democrats up by 10 on that question. In the 2010 election, Republicans up by two. 2008, Democrats up by seven. 2006, Democrats up by 14. Oh, 15. I'm doing math wrong. Not good for a polling podcast. But if you, I mean, you go back election after election after election after election after election. The party that picks up seats and does well is the party that is ahead on this question. And as of right now, Democrats are ahead by seven. But this question wobbles back and forth a lot. So we're still a long ways out. But like, 
you want like an indicator, a weird little indicator of how things might go in September when Pew releases this number. That to me is the like, how bad is this going to be for Republicans? Or have they pulled things out of the nosedive? I mean, yeah. Look, I, I mean, the other way to look at all this is like, who is trying to calm people's fears? <laughs> and it's just hard to argue that the party of Trump, if they allow him to fester, is is actually helping people with what they are worried about and fear, which is that the government is not functioning properly and that there's too much chaos. That's what Washington Post found. Um, people don't feel that it was a good year for the country. I mean, I guess Republicans do, but independents and Democrats do not, even if they feel things were good for themselves personally. Um, people feel that America's role in the world is, has gone badly over the last year. The U.S. political system, even Republicans feel that way. Race relations, everybody seems to agree. We talked about that. This is just another way to ask that. Um, the top words, although there was no one single word, and this looks like it's from an open end, but the top words used to describe 2017 were almost exclusively bad. Chaos, chaotic, crazy, challenging, tumultuous, horrendous, disappointing, disastrous. There was great 2% and good 2%. Um, I mean, these, you know, who, who is offering folks, uh, uh, an opportunity to say like, okay, things have gotten a little cuckoo. Let's just try to, you know, turn a page and come back together and try to work together on things, even if we disagree on how to get there. Um, and if Republicans allow someone who is so toxic to fester, then, you know, then, then they, they cede a lot of ground. And that's why these numbers look the way they do in the congressional and in the generic and in congressional races and Senate races around the country. Okay. Some fun, some fun thoughts for so the holiday. So let's talk about. I'm ready to unplug. The, this is like the po- <laughs> polls from the darkest timeline. Cards against humanity. So. I never play, I never played this until like this oh. past year until it's like we were all away with some people and we played this and I'm like this is even more fun than I thought it would be all this time that I hadn't played it. Was, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was just deliciously awful. And these guys and gals have been like anti-Trump people. Like they have taken a political stance uh, against Trump and you can see that revealed a little bit in their poll which is Kind of hilarious on brand for them in a variety of ways. What did you think? Make what did you make of it? Uh, so, uh, I mean, there it's a little troll poly. It's oh, it's extremely troll poly, <laughs> and it's also like in a in a sense, I they have sort of gambled that like the only people buying their game are Democrats or that Republicans. We're just so used to taking abuse from pop culture, and we will still continue to like. Go see movies of celebrities that talk about how we're fascists and we will still buy music from music artists that say that we're all horrible neo-Nazis and we will still buy card games from companies that say that we are morons. Like, we're just so used to, as a movement, like, taking abuse from pop culture that – Whatever. If they don't have any competition. If they were, you know, if these folks were at the pitch but or you know that, Shark like, Tank, they're like, if someone made conservative Cards Against Humanity, it would be awful. Like, it would just be. Right. They're like, I mean, actually, challenge out there to any conservative listeners. Like, you do it. You make. Well, what's funny about Cards Against Humanity is you can make like 
dark. You can make uh, conservative jokes. You can. Yeah. Trust me, it's been done. But yes. so in this poll, like, for instance, they asked people, like, would you rather be, like, I assume, like, smart and unhappy or dumb and happy? And by 64% of Republicans say they'd rather be dumb and happy. Yeah. I might rather be dumb and happy. Does that mean that I'm an idiot? That's their conclusion. Science can never really prove anything, but F it. Republicans are happy. Like, I don't know. I might rather be a happy idiot than there. I might. Yes. It's not, you know, it's tough. It's a tough choice. It's an interesting question because it's a tough call, right? It's a tough call for sure. Um, I do uh, love some of these crosstabs, though. I know. Percent who think robots will replace their job. You are more likely to think a robot will replace your job if you have seen more than one Transformers movie. I, I think that's probably due to age, right? Um, for sure, right? If you're 65, you probably are less likely to think that a robot's coming for your job and you've probably seen fewer Transformer movies. Regardless, I, I should just add this, that number, this, you know, robots are coming for my job is very consistent with that Pew poll that I cite constantly. If you've seen me talk about polling in real life, Kristen included, but other folks too, you probably heard me cite that number. So this is actually consistent with that. Not, not that we're trying to like check the validity of the Cards Against Humanity poll. Um, and then they have some like things that are not political about like. Uh, but will they have voting for body. the rock? Yes. And they have voting for the rock. People who think a civil war is likely. Uh, if you are somebody that would vote for the rock for president, you're more likely to think we're on the brink of civil war. Uh, they included a question here where they asked people to estimate what percentage of wealth in America is owned by the top 1%. And people across all education levels get it wrong. They wildly overestimate it. And it's people with the college degrees that are most likely to overestimate the actual response. And so they have in their little caption, quote, we were expecting people to underestimate inequality so we could smugly correct them. Womp womp. Yeah. So see another victory for conservatives. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, here is what is funny. And actually, I emailed them to see if they would come <laughs> on the show. I did not hear back, which is pretty pathetic since, like, I think this is obvious amplification for what they're trying to do. Because they say at the end of this, are you a social scientist or academic who studies public opinion? Want to ask Americans something that no funding agency or internal review board would approve in a million years? <laughs> Maybe we can help apply online. So we'll link to this to show notes. That may be you, listeners. You oh, may have I am going to spend some time, like I know, right? I over should, the holidays, just I'm noodling about yes, this. I'm going to talk about this with uh, with my um with my family over the holidays and see what we can come up. You with. You know, if we come up with anything and they don't take it, we should go to John Cohen at Survey Monkey. Oh, that's a good idea. They uh, their appetite for being like way out there is probably not as much as. Uh, just like, how can we get involved in this, whatever this is? But what's funny is that, okay, so, the, so Cards Clearly, Against Humanity. The pollsters belongs in this conversation Cards somewhere. Cards Against Humanity, in describing their methodology, says, to conduct our polls in a scientifically rigorous manner, we've partnered with Survey Sampling International, a professional research firm, to conduct a nationally representative sample of the American public. So I work with SSI all the time. Right. And everyone I know at SSI is this, like, incredibly sweet mild-mannered, like, person that works in Utah, right? Like, in the 
opposite in every way yeah. of like what I think of when I think of Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. So this, that, as soon as I read that line, like I just got this smile, like, oh my gosh. So I'm they, just imagining like my SSI contacts getting this questionnaire and being like, right, we have to feel this to our panel. Oh, <laughs> and then, and then they had some questions that are like, we asked this at the end so people wouldn't hang up when we got to this part. So anyway, you'll have this to This was done with live interviewer yes. too. Can you imagine like the interviewers that have to they ask have like, to do you them. think it's acceptable or unacceptable to pee in the shower? Like, oh that's gosh. a thing that was asked to 3,000 Americans with a live interviewer. Yes. Unbelievable. Okay, take a look, folks. Come up, brainstorm over the holidays. That's your assignment. And don't tell us – I mean, you can tell us what your suggested question is. and You can apply online. And uh, if you are Cards Against Humanity and you're listening, come talk about your poll on our show or your next wave or something for sure. Um, okay, key findings. I may be in YOLO mode, but some might say the tax plan means Republicans in Congress are in YOLO mode. And no matter whether you're looking at qualitative or quantitative, the president did not have such a great 2017. But between the generic and Cards Against Humanity polling, maybe, at least for me, 2018 won't be so bad after all. You can find us on Twitter at at the pollsters, individually at at Margie Omero and at K. Soltis Anderson on Facebook and at www.thepolsters.com. Happy holidays, folks. We're off next week. We will talk to you in 2018. Bye. Have a great holiday.